1: Love Talk Radio
0: This is our common ground Alternative activist Empowerment Talk Radio Speaking truth to our And ourselves Who are you? You don't know? Don't tell me Negro That's nothing
2: What were you
3: before the white man Means you a Negro? And where were you? And what did you have? What was yours? What language did you speak then? I
4: am a revolutionary. about what we didn't do. Amen. Then it speaks to us and the possibility for us as a future person, because ultimately our people's future resides on what we do outside of the white house
3: african descent fairly america failed she put
1: And now to our Common Ground with Janice Graham.
3: Did not suffer and die to give me an education to slight, oppress, or discourage my people. Because whatsoever education I acquired out of their sacrifice of over 300 years, I shall use for the salvation of the 400 million black people of the world. And the day when I forsake my people, may God Almighty say there shall be no more life for you. you. <laughs> I unequivocally rejected the racist assumption of much white American Christianity, namely that God had created a black man inferior, and that he had intended Negroes to be a servant class, hews of wood and drawers of water. Well, I predicated my view of man on the doctrine of imago dei. All men, regardless of color, are created in the image of God. Now, from this premise followed the equality of all men and the brotherhood of all men. The biblical injunction of Acts seventeen twenty six reminds us that he created of one blood all nations of men that dwell on the face of the earth. I was most interested in brotherhood within his own race. Because if Negroes are created in God's image and Negroes are black, then God must in some sense be black. If the white man has the idea of a white God, let him worship his God as he desires. We have found a new ideal. Because whilst our God has no color, And yet it is human to see everything through one's own spectacles. And since the white people have seen their God through their white spectacles, we have only now started to see our God through our own spectacles. But we believe in the God of Ethiopia, the everlasting God, God of Father, God of Son, God of Holy Ghost, the one God of all ages. That is the God in whom we believe, but we shall worship him through the spectacles of Ethiopia. For 250 years, we have struggled under the burden and rigors of slavery. We were maimed, we were brutalized, we were ravaged in every way. We are men, we have hopes, we have passions, we have feelings, we have desires, just like any other race. The cry is raised all over the world of Canada for the Canadians, of America, for the Americans of England, for the English of France, for the French of Germany, for the Germans. Do you take it unreasonably that we, the blacks of the world, should raise the cry of Africa for the Africans? Yeah. 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 The Negro is a man. We represent the new Negro. His back is not yet against the wall. We do not want his back against the wall because that would be a peculiar and desperate position. We do not want them there. It is because of this that we are asking for fair compromise. Where the Belgians have control of the Belgian Congo, which they cannot use, they have not the resources to develop, now the intelligence. The French have more territory than they can develop. There are certain parts of Africa in which they cannot live at all. So it is for you to come together and give us a United States of Africa. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are not going to be a race without a country. God never intended it, and we are not going to abuse God's confidence in us as men. We are men, human beings, capable of the same acts as any other race. Possessing on the first circumstances the same intelligence as any other race. Now Africa's been sleeping, not dead, only sleeping. Today Africa's walking around not only on our feet but on our brains. You can enslave us, was done for 300 years the bodies of men, you can shackle the hands of men, you can shackle the feet of men, you can imprison the bodies of men, but you cannot shackle or imprison the minds of men. Dive down black men and dig, reach up black men and women and pull all nature's knowledge to you. Turn ye around and make a conquest of everything north and south, east and west. And then when you have wrought well, you will have merited God's blessing, you will have become God's chosen people, and naturally you will become leaders of the world. And as you bow down to the white man today, so will a lot of races bow down to you and call you a race of master because of the superiority of your mind and your achievements. Because no race has the last word on culture and on civilization. They do not know what we are capable of. They do not know what we are thinking. They are thinking in terms of dreadnoughts, battleships, aeroplanes, submarines. You know what we are thinking about? That is our own private business. (laughs) So give us credit for being able to use our minds. And with people becoming conscious of themselves, determined to use their minds, you do not know to what extent they can go. Liberate the minds of men and ultimately you will liberate the bodies of men. We love the white race, not for social fellowship, but for the common brotherhood of God intended we should live. What satisfaction can anyone get in being happy and see his brother wallowing in filth, dirt and disease? How can you be happy living in luxury, and your brother's living in disease? And then when you try to help the one out of the disease, the subtle culprit talks about disloyalty. Black men of Carthage, black men of Ethiopia, of Timbuktu, of Alexandria, gave the light of civilization to this world. Ethiopia shall stretch forth our hands unto God, and princes shall come out of Egypt. Because <laughs> classes, nations, races have been quite quiet for over four centuries. Who was merely born of youth in self-humiliation? whose forbearance can only be compared to the prophet Job has likewise lifted his bowed head and raised it up to God's eyes and cried out, I am a man and demand a man's chance and a man's treatment in this world. But I shall teach the black man, I shall teach the black man to see beauty in his own kind and stop bleaching his skin and otherwise looking like what he's not. in the days of slavery, race mixture, miscegenation had occurred because the African woman had no protection from the slave master. Therefore, there is no need today for black people to themselves freely continue a practice that smacks so much of slavery. (laughs) Our credit said that the race problem will be solved through higher education, through better education and black and white will come together, that they will never happen until Africa is redeemed. Because if those who, like W.E.B. Bois believe that the race problem will be solved in America through higher education, they will walk between now and eternity and never see the problem solved. <laughs> God made man lord of his creation, gave him possession and ownership of the world. And you have been so darned lazy that you have allowed the other fellow to run away with the whole world and now he's loving you and telling you that the world belongs to him and that you have no part in it. But I don't have to apologize to anybody for being black because God Almighty knew exactly what he was doing when he made me black. If black people knew their glorious past, then they would be more inclined to respect
1: themselves.
3: Yes, you heard of Johnny Walker Red. And black. Well, he had his adversities, but he's still going strong. (laughs) Well, I intend, with your help and God's grace, to continue, because my work has only just begun. And future generations shall have in their hands the guide by which they shall know the sins of the 20th century. I know, and I know you too believe in time, but we shall wait patiently for 200 years, if need be, to face our enemies through our posterity. When my enemies are satisfied, in life, I shall come back, or in death, even to serve you as I served before. In life, I shall be the same. In death, I shall be a terror to <laughs> the then count on me to be the real Marcus Gabi I would like to be. If I may come in an earthquake or a plague or a pestilence or a God would have me, then be assured that I shall never desert you and make your enemies triumph over you. Will I God not go to hell a million times for you? If I die in Atlanta, my work will only just then begin. For I shall live in a physical or a spiritual to see the day of Africa's glory.
5: Good evening and thank you for being with us. You're tuned into Our Common Ground, and I'm Janice Graham, and tonight at Our Common Ground, we're going to be meeting in deep waters with our sister, Afia Wangaza. She is a lifelong civil human rights activist and freedom fighter who first worked for the liberation of African black people as a child in her Garveyite parents' apostolism. Apostolic Faith Church in her hometown of Norfolk, Virginia, and we certainly uh, are so pleased to have um, Attorney Wangaza with us. She is a human rights, civil rights, black liberation warrior. She is a broadcaster and a media leader in the state of South Carolina, and we are just really so pleased to have her join us tonight in conversation, and we'll uh, ask you to join in that conversation later in the broadcast. We let off tonight with a speech by the Honorable Marcus Garvey, not only to flag you about the ideology and the liberation spirit of our guests, but to ask you if you can find yourself in the whirlwind. And what does that mean? It means that we have, as I'm always saying to you, we have been here before. This has happened before. What you see before you has happened before. And we have to prevail, not only for our own families, but for our future and in honor of our ancestors. This week saw us saying goodbye to one of the giants of world history. Yes, Madiba, Nelson Mandela, is a giant In history, a a one-of-a-kind person who came among us and struck the anvil, and we said goodbye to him and uh, our Common Ground voice, George Curry, and I have been talking uh, this week from Soweto. He is still there, representing the African American press and is doing some wonderful things to, to gather information that is relevant to us about where the South African people are, what the problems are, and the facts around what has happened in South Africa in the last 20 years. And we're going to have him back in January to talk with us about that. For those of you who are listening and you'd like to listen over your smart device, your cell phone, our number is three four seven eight three eight nine eight five two. You can join us in that way. And others who would like to join uh, in our chat room for this discussion, you can come to uh, blogtalkradio.com backslash OCG uh, to join with those who are pretty active in um, talking with each other about the broadcast. But we do thank you for coming. We want to remind you that next Saturday here at Our Common Ground is our annual Kwanzaa Teach-In. And joining us will be Dr. Matthew V. Johnson, Alpha of the Alpha Show, Blanche Williams of Blanche, who who will begin her broadcast at TruthWorks Network on December 30th, Dr. Wilma Leon. uh, professor of political science at Howard University and host of Inside the Issues with Dr. Leon on Sirius Radio. And um, we'll have a special guest, and you can find out who that is when uh, you join us, and we hope that you will next Saturday. In our discussion with um, uh, Athea Wangaza We're going to be talking about her survival as a um, victim of COINTELPRO and what that was all about. Uh, Her radio project, low-power radio project in in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, We're going to also be talking about her, um, uh, talking with her about black women in the civil rights movement, specifically her experience as a very active member of SNCC. And we're also going to be especially focusing on her viewpoints and insights about the absence of rebellion uh, in our community and what we can do to create or continue to empower an environment in our community of resistance. This is our common ground. I'm Janice Graham, and uh, our guest tonight, Afia Inwangaza. At the age of 13, she served as secretary of the Norfolk, Virginia branch of the NAACP Youth and College Chapter, and later in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, she fought police violence. Worked in the successful. NAACP-led campaign to desegregate Girard College, a school for poor white male orphans which sat in the heart of the black community at Philadelphia. And she and her family helped raise money and collect clothes and food to send to the South for those who were evicted and persecuted for attempting and registering to vote. Her life
1: really speaks
5: to the idea that When you begin to, when you grow up understanding the history, understanding the challenges before your people, you learn to love your people and to take on the obligations and responsibilities inherent uh, in that love. She joined forces with, um, as a SNCC volunteer, to found the uh, Northern Student Movement Freedom Library Day School, which was featured in the Xerox-sponsored Black History, Lost, Stolen, Our Straight series. And armed with a Bachelor's of Arts degree and in Psychology and Visual Arts from Spelman College, um, she entered into Temple University's first Master of Arts degree in women's history, African-American history, and Golden Gate University School of Law. Uh, Then she went to Greenville, South Carolina, where she is known as a a freedom fighter, a legal president setter, and the recipient of many awards. She is the former co-chair of the Jericho Movement for U.S. Political Prisoners, represented the U.S. Human Rights Network's Political Prisoner Working Group in Observing the U.S. First Appearance for U.N. Universal Periodic Review in Geneva. And she joined us here at Our Common Ground uh, as she came back from Geneva uh, during that time. She represented the National Conference of Black Lawyers in uh, Aristide-era Haiti, lectured at the UN Fourth World Conference on Women, the NGO Forum in Beijing, China, and helped draft the action plan for the UN World Conference Against Racism. She is an Amnesty International U.S. Human Rights Defender and past member of the National Board of Directors for uh, national Organization of Women, which launched the Every Woman Now campaign for president. She was also a candidate for US, for the U.S. Senate from South Carolina under the Green Party banner. She is a member and founder of the Malcolm X Center for Self-Determination, and um, we are just... Uh, honored to be able to say that she is an Our Common Ground voice. And we'll be hearing from her and she'll be joining us in right
1: after this.
4: My name is Ipsia Wandaza. I am the national co-chair of the uh, Political Prisoners state repression working group of the United States Human Rights Network. The U.S. Human Rights Network is a uh, national coalition of more than 200 uh, organizations ranging from the traditional human rights organizations like Amnesty International, various academic and professional associations to volunteer grassroots community-based human rights organizations like my own, which is the Malcolm X Center for Self-Determination. I am I'm a, a uh, former colleague of Imam Jamil Alameen. Uh, we both work together in SNCC, Student Nonviolent Coordinating Committee. Um, I am a survivor of the COINTELPRO era, and it is a great honor. Thank you, to participate in today's event. I am especially, uh, I want to join the call that was made initially um, regarding co-ed survivors, people who have been interned in concentration camps across this country for more than 40 years former Black Panther Party members, Black Liberation Army members. We have, as a part of our work, a campaign called Free Our Mandela's. It's important that we understand, um, really understand the uh, saying, he or she who um, defines the terms is the master. And that includes the concept of innocence and guilt, as well as the concept of terrorism and patriots. It's important that we have our own definitions and we have our own uh, um, heroes and sheroes uh, who embody uh, those principles. As an aside, Imam, I did not vote for Barack Obama, I voted for (laughs) Cynthia (laughs) McKenna. We have, we have in, uh, endless examples of white power, imperialism, in black all, it's all over Africa. It's all over the United States in various forms under various banners. We cannot allow ourselves to be deceived by chameleon Trojan horses who <laughs> present themselves uh, in the interests of the people. More to the point, I expand the uh, call for, that I believe it was YEE, the committee uh, in defense of, uh, of the Bill of of Rights Defense Committee. Um, And I would say in uh, challenging you to, to recognize that the US Constitution, contrary to the representation, is not a human rights document, it is a commercial document. If you will read Howard Zinn's History of the United States, he has a whole chapter on how the the, uh, U.S. Constitution came to be. And its ratification only occurred when the uh, the, um, Bill of Rights was attached. So if you take away the Bill of Rights, which was required by we, the people, and the so-called post-Civil uh, War uh, amendments, then you have what is really the guiding principle of the United States, which overrides those two bookends and fo- uh, form the foundation for their interpretation. I just want to recall your attention and invite you to join uh, with us, U.S. Human Rights Network, in our international campaign to hold the United States accountable. Malcolm X challenged us to not only raise the uh, civil rights movement in the United States to a human rights struggle, but also to bring the United States government before the United Nations, at that time it had some significance, but even more before the world. The U.S. Human Rights Network has worked diligently to promote a broad-based coalition network for the purposes of advancing human rights in the United States by building a people-centered movement calling on the United States in international uh, uh, forum to live up to the propaganda, the PR, that it presents to the rest of the world. And in doing that, we we were most recently able to challenge the United States in what is called the Universal Periodic Review Process, which is a a peer, country-to-country review process out of which more than 225 criticisms or recommendations as they are called were made against the United States coming from both friend and foe. They covered all of the issues that have been raised here today from uh, the lack of access to uh, adequate food, clothing, and shelter to the CMUs to the uh, preemptive prosecutions, to solitary confinement as torture. We are currently in the process of doing what is called shadow reporting, and that is is that as civil society, evaluating the United States' compliance with what is called CERD, the Convention for the Elimination of Racial Discrimination. We need you to join with the Committee to Defend
0: Bill of Rights Defense Committee Committee,
4: and to join with us at the U.S. Human Rights Network making available to us that information so that our evaluation is even more accurate than we can possibly be just by ourselves. We look to grassroots efforts for the kind of authenticity that generated that 228 criticisms of the United States of America. We also challenge you to join with us in the effort that we will be a, a series of activities, what are called side events, that will be held in New York September uh, 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st around Durban 10, where the United States has decided that under the Obama administration that it will follow the Bush and Clinton and prior administration's refusal to join into a dialogue to talk about white supremacy in the United States indeed in the world. We also invite you to join us in the documentation of the United States' violation of its treaty obligation with regard to what is called CAT. That's the Convention Against Torture. The United States cannot be allowed to simply say we do not torture and that be the last word. We must stand up for People like the Angola Three, who have spent 30 and 40 years in isolation in Angola prison. Michelle McGee in California. We must support the hunger strikers in Lucasville as well as the hunger strikers at uh, Pelican Bay and in Georgia. We have a lot. Of work to do, and if each one of us, as Gandhi said, would just do the little thing that we think is least significant, then together we can turn this elephant around. Thank you.
5: Afiya, one Gaza, thank you so very much, sister, for being with us again.
4: My pleasure. Got to
5: elephant around. <laughs> How are you?
4: Hanging in there. How about you?
5: I'm still hanging in here.
1: <laughs>
4: yeah, is- that's true. You have you you have definitely uh, kept this row open, and it's I congratulate you on it because it's year in and year out, and you never know. What the impact, if any, there is, but the, just knowing that you're there is very affirming and inspiring.
5: Well, thank you. We'll try to keep it. This is our 28th year, wow. and we're, we're going to try to keep this this thing afloat as best we can. But one of the things that you pointed out in your presentation, and we played the clip because I, I thought it was very important for people to know that. In the in the in the struggle, and in all of the work that you have been doing in regard to human rights and the need to press the issue of white supremacy and racism in this country as an international issue, um, that we're not getting our people engaged in that, and we need to keep making that clarion call.
1: Absolutely.
5: Let's start off tonight by talking about um, what has been some of the outcome of the work that you did with the UN, with the periodic review and the UN.
4: Well, the first thing is, of course, um, just to, to remind um, those who are you know, long-time listeners and uh, inform uh, new listeners, is that we were first and foremost able to have the category of political prisoners uh, included in the official record of the uh, UN uh, commission, uh, Committee on, on Human Rights. Um, and while the uh, Characterization was a restatement of our report. The fact of the matter is that the uh, Secretariat often will change the language that is submitted by um, NGOs or, or governments, for that matter, uh, in making its report. So it was a deliberate decision to use our language as opposed to um, coming up with some summary language of its own. So that's that's um, a first. Secondly, in our um, consultations, as they called with the U.S. government and its various representatives, At no time did they deny the existence of political prisoners, prisoners of war, and political exiles um, in the United States and from the United States, which, again, is an exception. Um, Third, the head head of the delegation, Michael Posner, um, requested a list of the names of the persons that we characterize as political prisoners, which taking us back to number one is an affirmation um, of the existence of political prisoners or at least a category of people in the United States that are considered political prisoners by the community and non-governmental organizations, whether the the United States government considers them to be political prisoners or not. And fourth um, is, of course, to be able to have gotten five of the 228 recommendations or criticisms of the United States to focus specifically on the issue of political prisoners and calling for the release of political prisoners we have been able to use those advancements as a platform to raise other questions regarding political prisoners in the process in which we're currently involved, which is the Review for the International Covenant on Civil and Political Rights, ICCPR. We were to go to Geneva Um, back in October um, to observe and um, lobby the Human Rights uh, Committee as as, as we would observe its review, the committee's review of the United States' compliance with that treaty, um, having already lobbied them in March of um, 2012. Um, sorry, 2013, then we would have gone back in October for the actual review itself. Um, We we believe that we are going to have a very favorable treatment of the issue of political prisoners, um, which we uh, discussed around the issue of solitary confinement. Any given day in the United States as many as 80,000 people are being held in uh, solitary confinement and uh, for extended uh, periods of time. As um, my recorded comments uh, reference, the Angola III, uh represents one example of that. And, of course, Herman Wallace, um, was held in solitary confinement for almost 42 years. He uh, his conviction was overturned three days before he died.
1: Uh, However,
4: um, he was when he when he died, he was outside of the Angola prison walls um, and was. <sighs> It, it relieved and elated um and victorious um to be uh having uh, successfully fought the uh trumped up conviction under which he was held which was um the killing of a uh, of a prison guard although there was no evidence that he had any involvement in the death of the prison guard and in fact the prison guard's wife has had sent come to the conclusion that he nor any of the other Angola three were involved in the death of her husband and was had joined the call for their release. Um, but Herman Herman died a free man. Um, he was literally and figuratively free. He had, he was heroic. He, he fought a lifelong battle not only for himself but for others um, against human rights violations that he uh, observed uh, despite his own personal situation and that being, as I said, uh, being held in solitary confinement. The majority of um, political prisoners, Pro, civil rights era, political prisoners, prisoners of war and exiles, are subjected to long periods of isolation and uh, the um technical term uh under which they are referenced in the upcoming report um with the ICCPR they have uh, what's called a list of issues as a, as compared with the um recommendations of the UPR, Universal Periodic Review. So the the um, political prisoners are um, covered under the what they call prolonged cellular isolation. They have all these different technical, softening, diplomatic terms for all these very brutal practices. But that's the... Um, clause that that we proceed under with regard to the U.S. uh, compliance with its uh, International Covenant for Civil and Political Rights uh, Review, which was postponed in October due to the so-called government shutdown and rescheduled for March, we noted to both the uh, U.S. State Department and to the Human Rights uh, Committee that, um, despite the government shutdown, uh, uh, the Secretary of State John Kerry had no problems with going to um, the Pacific Rim to negotiate um, the the Pacific uh, Pact, you know TPP. Um, the the super NAFTA type uh, mm-hmm. free trade agreement that um, overrides the sovereignty of countries um, and and uh, ensures the the um, security of uh, of corporations. At any rate, the it, the uh, review was postponed from October to March, and we will go to Geneva in March. We're very hopeful um that we will prevail in uh in March because one of the members of the committee is a South African woman who helped to frame the question and as she framed it it um, made it crystal clear it was one of the she framed it in such a way that it was both uh, a question and an instruction. And in, uh, simply put, it was: Why does the United States continue to criminalize and incarcerate these political activists? Number one, and number two: Has the United States, um, and if and if it has not. Uh, will it use its executive authority to formulate a Truth and Reconciliation Commission to address this um, period in its history in order to bring it to closure? We expect her to uh, raise that at the time of the review, which – for our purposes puts it on the official record and once it's a part of the official record then it becomes a question that the United States has to address every time it comes up for review so we have been able to build from the UPR um, successes to um using that as a platform to extend the, the and strengthen the record of the existence of political prisoners in the United States. You know, I'm over next- the over the last
5: uh since the death of uh Nelson Mandela and there has been such extolling about
1: mm-hmm.
5: uh his uh strategy of reconciliation and looking at the truth and justice um, panels that were held in regard to uh, South African apartheid systems, Mm -hmm. uh, I I have been wondering if the human rights activists across this country ought to be using that as leverage in uh, organizing and demanding a truth and conciliation uh, court
1: Mm -hmm. in this
5: country, not only in regard to political prisoners, you know, and and we tend to look at political prisoners as people who, you know, like Leonard Pelletier, the Angola Nine, but we're not looking at some of the more recent cases over the last decade where Where people are essentially uh political prisoners, we haven't addressed the issue about why Assad Shakur would be placed on the ten most wanted lists of the FBI at at in in the number one spot and uh I am really hoping that i i'm not I'm not hopeful, but I am hoping that um John Kerry might be forced into a corner by the question that's going to be raised in March.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that, that
4: is our, our hope. We have, um, in fact, when we did the lobby, lobbying of the committee back in March, we raised uh, the um, fact that the bounty had been doubled on Asada's head, um, and which not only put her at risk, but also was violative of the laws of uh, political asylum and mm-hmm. refugee status um, and disrespectful of the sovereignty of the, the uh, people of Cuba. Mm-hmm. So we, we found that there, there were, in fact, there were uh, a number of South American uh, diplomats on the task force. Um, and they were equally offended by the uh, uh, doubling of the bounty as it affects Cuba Um, and and what it says about the United States' attitude towards Cuba, which all the world um, votes against the United States on its behavior towards Cuba every year. In addition, of course, they they also have um, great sympathy for the Cuban Five, um, and the fact that um, the United States persists in holding them uh, after having wrongfully uh, convicted them. So it's not, um, it, it, as much as the United States parades and presents itself, even uh, uh, Obama at uh, Mandela's uh, memorial, the arrogance, With which they treat the rest of the world The rest of the world Has come to resent it And is less uh, Increasingly less Willing to be silent About it Mm -hmm. Um, It's not uh, Most countries are not In a position to Take any direct action Against The United States other than um, The symbolic act Of uh, Uh, Dilma Rousseff Refusing to come to the United States And um, appear at a state dinner Once it was Disclosed that the United States Had been spying On not just uh, Brazil But on her uh, Specifically Um, So it's, it's a very interesting, though uh, chaotic, it feels chaotic, time uh, in the, the history of humanity and uh, human affairs, regardless of where you're looking. I mean, whether you're talking about what's going on in this country or you're talking about what's going on in the world. It's, it's um, a real um, maelstrom. Of um, energies that are not synergizing in a very productive kind of of way, so in terms of where we are um, and with uh, international law uh strategic moves in that regard um, We are continuing to move forward, but I have to go back to the point that you raised of the necessity of of community engagement. We have really got to work harder at public education and at um, greater community participation. Last weekend was the 10th anniversary of the U.S. Human Rights Network. And it, so it's probably one of the biggest uh, conferences um, that uh, it's had in that ten-year period, with a great deal of diversity of of um, class, uh, level of development, uh, race, gender, age. It's very. It was an amazingly diverse. Uh, group of, of people, uh, activists. Uh, one really impressive group was a group of 14 young people from Chicago who uh, lead the anti-eviction, anti-foreclosure eviction movement in uh, Chicago. And it was uh, a response to the, the hype of the evictions, one of the outcomes was, you might remember, the sheriff in uh, Cook County who refused to perform any more evictions because people were being put out of their homes and out of their apartments out of their apartments where they had paid their rent, but the landlord hadn't paid the mortgage. Um, and a part of the leader. Uh, in that campaign, uh, which resulted in that decision by the Sheriff's Department, was a young brother whose name was um, J.R. Forgotten his last name. That just went right out of my head. But um, young people who just said, who stood between the persons and families that were about to be evicted and the cops and just said, we're not Moving, we're not leaving. We're uh, here to defend uh, these people um, because housing is a human right. We have to. We have to do more education of the community and a willingness, generate that willingness to take that risk. We, um, and that's a. It's a. It's a difficult. time and situation because one of the things that the government has been able to do is to co-opt the programs that we use to organize people and to do consciousness raising previously. For instance, one of the first things that the government through the police would do, law enforcement would do when they went in to break up uh, a project, whether it was for the Black Panther Party or um, SNCC or other organizations that were grassroots organizations that were on the ground, would be to destroy the service sector. You know, the first confrontation wasn't um, the the shooting up of the office. It was declaring that cooking grits and eggs for kids in the morning was a violation of the health codes. Um, And they're doing that
5: against the war against homeless people in urban centers
4: now. That's that's Right. That's exactly right. So what we have to do is, is we have to be ready to say we're going to feed homeless people whether you give us a permit or not and okay. be prepared to go to jail for that. We have got to make it ungovernable, and that has got to be the bottom line across the board. We, we've we got to stand up for the, the – uh, principles of human dignity and worth and be prepared to pay the price for that. Unfortunately, too many of us have become vested or expect to become vested in this system. And therefore we find ourselves doing a lot of what I call hedging. We've got one foot in the revolution and the other foot in in the 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 status quo. So whichever way it it feels like is going to win, we want to be in the position yeah. to benefit but not in a position to advance the, mm-hmm. the cause.
5: To summarize um, what you said, we, we're at one one hand we're we're shouting power to the people and at the other hand we're touting the US constitution.
4: exactly. Exactly.
5: Um, on, on one hand, we are complaining about the evolution of anti-human rights in this country, and on the other hand, we are voting for people who do not have a platform of human rights.
4: That's right. That's, I'm not interested in, in uh, advancing human rights.
5: Mhm mhm. you know, you bring up two things uh for me. And uh one of them is uh whether or not our traditional um black colleges and universities, uh historical colleges and universities are training our young people. You know, I look at your background growing up in a Garveyite home. Um, and really beginning to understand the system of white supremacy at a very early age. And I'm wondering if any of our colleges, our, our, our universities and colleges, are training diplomats to be able to go, legal minds and diplomats to be able to go and do this work through the UN and through organizations like your committee.
1: I don't
4: think so. And the reason that I say that the closest that we would have, um, I think it would probably be Howard, Howard University Law School.
1: Um,
4: and all of our schools have come to education for the purposes of employment as opposed to racial uplift. You and I are old enough to remember when we went to school to advance the interests of the people. We didn't go to school to get a job. Today, young people, and it's reinforced by the debt servitude that students come out of school with, Um, but today, the the student who is not talking about getting a job in that uh, application, in that statement uh, of goals that, that goes along with their college application, they're not even really considered. When the person who uh, was talking about getting a job in our time, it was like, well, that's not. We, you know, this is a liberal arts college. We want you to have, be have broad vision and bringing a, a broad experience and uh, curiosity. They don't want any of that. And anybody who's talking like that is not getting into school. Not only that, if they're talking, if they're not talking like that, and they are talking about changing the world they're not getting into school so it's a whole another kind of uh, restructuring of the society for the long term that we don't even recognize and as i said it's being reinforced by the level of debt that students come out of uh, of school with i'm you know i've been saying to young people why are you so uptight about paying off a student loan? There are no debtors' prisons in this country, certainly not yet. So the only thing that they can do is get a judgment against you. And if you're not committed to becoming a part of the status quo, then it doesn't really matter because you'll be judgment-proof because you won't own anything. So and they certainly can't take your education out of your head.
1: Mm-hmm. So, I mean,
4: they could, you know, the cops could beat you up and, and that kind of and cause brain injury and that kind of thing. I mean, that, that, there's too many of them for them to be able to get away with doing that on uh, as a strategy for recouping. Um, mm-hmm. So, again, we have got to, people have got to decide what is important. And be prepared to stand your ground, to coin a phrase, right, um, about what the the principle is. You know, it can't be about uh, just reducing the interest rate. It can't even be about changing the law to allow for the filing of bankruptcy, which at this point in time is not permitted. It's got to be that education is a human right, and indeed it is a human right. And therefore, it has to be respected, and the government has a duty to formulate economic and political policies that underwrite that human right as opposed to thwarting it. And that's really where we have to move people um, to that point where people are saying and understanding and internalizing the fact that education is a human right. Access to food, clothing, shelter, clean air, clean water, technology, health care, I don't mean health insurance, I mean health care, and um, education are all human rights. And, in fact, it's what the United States goes around the world ramming down the throats of the rest of the people on the planet and denying it to the people in this country, using the money of the people in this country to buy off other uh, people with this same notion of human rights.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, the thing is, for our listeners, we have to begin to... Uh, Connect these dots mm-hmm. as we consider uh, issues having to do with unemployment. As we consider, I mean, there are, there are, there should be proposals all over this country which says that when you are unemployed mm-hmm. and you can't get a job after six weeks, and your unemployment. Expires, your benefits mm-hmm. expire. you should be getting a check from the government
1: mhm, absolutely.
5: absolutely there are contractors in the Department of defense in the Department of labor. There are contract government contractors when they don't have any work for them, they still get a check mhm and 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 that is one of the things that we Really need to consider as we think about pol- uh, public policy. Exactly. Now, Afia, one of the things too I want that came up as you were talking for me is the idea of, I mean, people do they, they in the corner of their minds they understand that we are increasingly becoming a military-driven society.
1: Mm -hmm. All you have
5: to do is go down to your local police department and look at the kind of vehicles and the kind of armament Mm -hmm. that they have geared up to so called serve and defend. Right. But one of the things that we are not doing is we're not thinking that we can connect the kind of work that you do the kind of work that's happening with the working group with the U.N. to our local communities. As the state, um, as states' rights become right. more real in our lives, we could have truth and justice mm-hmm. uh, review boards right. in our communities.
1: Right. We
5: exactly. can start there.
4: Um, and at- go ahead. And that's exactly what what we should be doing. Um, part of the problem, well, first of all, let me as a, say, as a matter of fact, under the U.S. Constitution, the treaties uh, which the U.S. has signed and the Senate has ratified has at a minimum the same standing as the um, as u s law in fact it in uh, some instances is, is superior to u um, s law however, the United States in its arrogance, whenever it um, ratifies a uh treaty, it has what it calls um RUDS, reservations, understandings, and I always forget what that D stands for. Um, it'll come to me. But the, the fact of the matter is, is, is that it takes the position, this is what's called, and you've, you heard, you've heard it a couple times recently about um, the United States as an exceptional com- country. Um, and its his exceptionalism is it supposed to be that it already in the Constitution and in its practices uh, uh, carries forward the uh, principles of the Universal Declaration of Human Rights and of these various uh, treaties. It's um, reservations understandings, and declarations. That's what the D stands for, um, which are all excuses for not doing, not complying with the terms of the the, um, the treaties for which it has become so embarrassed that then it, it signs on to. So we have to, one, um, as lawyers, begin to use... The um, international standards in our litigation. Secondly, is, is to educate and to get legislators, whether it's city council, county council, state um, legislators, to incorporate uh, human rights standards in the legislation that uh, that they submit. In fact, I, earlier this evening was having dinner with uh, a sister who was a state representative i mean uh, uh, yeah state representative state house of uh, state of south carolina House of Representatives who um, I'm going to work with to uh, submit bills that raise the standards of treatment for incarcerated persons There's a whole body of international law around that um, in which the United States is out of compliance. And so she has an opportunity to submit legislation that would bring the United States in compliance as to the state of South Carolina. So that's, that's one, uh, a second, uh, part. The third part is convince, is educating, um, the average person, you know, like we, the same as we, Spent all those years educating everybody that you have a right to vote. You have a constitutional right to vote, without poll tax, without literacy uh, exams. Although they're rein, reinstating all of those things, um, and and people are reaching a level of indignity to the point that they were willing to march. They were willing. To confront the system and those who would advance the system that, uh, that assaulted our dignity and worth as human beings, we've got to re-con- reconstruct that uh, that that sense of of outrage. We were really deliberately and effectively militarily attacked by the U.S. government, and we're still under attack. It's not as open at, um, and. Uh, funnel, attack as we had during the 60s and 70s and the 80s and certainly not, um, with, uh, with Cointel Although, i I say that, but I'm not entirely convinced of that as we find out, thank God for Edward Snowden, um, more and more about how the United States government has uh, not only infiltrated organizations, but is reading our mail and listening to our phone calls. And, I, I, you know, I don't care what they say about it. It's metadata and they can't this and that. We know that they are, in fact, uh, reading everybody's mail and that uh-huh. the effort to organize, um, to resist, it's uh, just a matter of uh, a computer program, a computer to unscramble the the email of the people involved in uh, in the effort. And, they, you know, they have their whole case together. And they know exactly what we're doing. So um, how do we begin to deal with that in, a, in another way? And we've got to come to the point where we're willing, there are enough of us who are willing to take the risk to, um, to to make uh, a, enough of a stink that um, it tricks the conscience of other people and embarrasses, because that's all that we've got is shaming, as it's called shaming and naming, uh, the U.S. government so that it, uh, it undermines the credibility and the agenda that it tempts, it's attempting to advance um, at home and abroad
5: well we have to you know we have to 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 raise the issue of this false and hypocritical uh fidelity that we profess
1: mm-hmm. to the
5: rights of man and the proclamation that all men are are created equal in this u uh, s kind of hypocrisy uh, moral myopia that would explain um how President Obama can justify Israeli colonial brutality in the Palestinian-occupied territories in Gaza and ignore the slaughter at the hand of Egyptian security forces while arguing at the same time passionately for waging humanitarian war on Syria.
1: I mean, we've got
5: to look at our own history on, on these matters. Uh, that uh you know uh, even if we go back uh to 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 look at some of this stuff we've got to look at Thomas Jefferson mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean if we go even go back that far uh could speak of fundamentally equality while holding slaves and raping black women Mm -hmm. Uh, the U.S. uh, justifying kidnapping and assassination. And one of the reasons that I was so pleased to have you come join us is because December 10th we celebrated International Human Rights Day. And all these people are coming out and talking about how important and Mm -hmm. how exceptional we are as a country in the matter of human rights, and I don't know what they're talking about.
4: And you know what, saying Neither do they. It's a, as far as they're concerned, it's a slogan to be bandied about and used as a weapon against uh, those whom they would uh, would uh, chasten. For instance, uh, Bill Clinton crying big crocodile tears for Mandela when he served, when Clinton served two terms and had eight years to remove Mandela from, from the chair and never did. And never did.
5: And, and never. I'll give you a more, a even more recent look at this issue is that how can this president uh, talk mm-hmm. about human rights mm-hmm. while at the... At the same time, he is turning his back Mm -hmm. on the predominantly black retired public sector workers in Detroit.
4: Thank
1: you. human
5: right to Social Security Mm -hmm. in their old age in the form of Mm pensions that they earned and health care is unprotected while the city is being looted by private banks and bondholders.
4: It's, I mean, well, you know, my position on Barack Obama. Barack Obama, I knew, would be at a minimum a disappointment, but that boy has turned out to be a disgrace. It (laughs) would take us 500 years to overcome the damage that he has done to our reputation as a people. Africans in this country... the descendants of formerly enslaved Africans in North America were recognized the world over as the moral force in the United States. He has just totally, totally destroyed that. I want to also, um, uh, two things. One is with regard to him, the whole, he's another one crying crocodile tears for Nelson Mandela, who... Um, was a the, the co-founder of the military wing of the ANC, a bomb maker who was blowing up stuff all over South Africa. And he goes, uh, 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 Obama goes and, and turns Mandela's cell into a photo op. Um, but he's got 50 people. Whose fate is in his hands from the civil rights era, who never even who wanted to but never achieved the level of the use of force that Mandela achieved, and he won't he she won't he won't grant them clemency. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, mean, it's uh,
1: just
5: yeah. Uh, we've got to talk about human rights in the era of. um, uh, this uh, this administration and what you project going forward is going to happen. But, you know, the bottom line for me, Afia, is always all politics are local.
4: Right, right, yeah. If you take yeah.
5: control of what's happening in your school board, if you mm-hmm. take control of what's happening with your police department, if you take control, call names, blame, and mm-hmm. shame, Mm-hmm. Politicians who got in by the skin of their teeth and do mm-hmm. nothing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I have one politician here in Boston. I have known him since since the almost the week I came to Boston in nineteen
1: sixty six.
5: I call him every week and ask the question. I, I the the people in his office laugh. It's me. What have <laughs> Done for me this week.
4: Because yes, you we don't
5: exactly. begin to do this. I mean, Detroit is mm-hmm. a model
4: Detroit. for
5: the neocon for the big bank. Mm-hmm. I mean, why mm-hmm. is Bank of America still standing? That's what I want to know. That's what I want to
4: know. I I want to know. You know, let me say. Let me. Uh, While you're on Detroit, I want to uh, expand on the point that you made about the pensioners getting robbed. When the CEOs of all of these banks and GM and all those companies got their, they didn't just get their, they got their bonuses. These people who are, are working class folk. Can't even get at their the pension benefits for which they were con- they contracted and paid into for, Absolutely.
1: Where, Absolutely. and that was
4: the, that was the rationale that was given as to why. Uh, these the CEOs and the stockbrokers and all should get uh, should get their uh, get their bonuses and their pension because they had a contract. But the thing that amazes me is is that not not one bank has been blown up, not one banker has been shot. I just I that's that is what amazes me, and and I can only. I can only think that people are just so traumatized,
5: well, you know we're spending so much time furiously barking at the evil racist obstructionist uh-huh. right, Republicans, but we <laughs> right. are ignoring the Democrats right. who enforce our austerity on the poor, uh-huh. and President Barack Obama. Has carried mm-hmm. on the proud Democratic Party tradition of campaigning to the left, but governing mm-hmm. from the right. Afia, right. I got to take a break. We got some some messages for you. Thank you all for being with us here tonight. Our guest is human rights, civil rights, Black liberation warrior Afia inwan Gaza, right out of Greenville, South Carolina. We're going to be talking more about human rights in the era of Obama, and also we're going to be talking about more about Detroit and the workers of Detroit and what it all means for you. Thank you for being with us. This is Our Common Ground. I'm Janice Graham, and I'll be listening for you. Our Common Ground. Blog Talk Radio. I'm Janice Grant.
1: Blanche. Blanche.
5: With an exclamation point. Can we talk? I mean, can we really break it down? Conversation is one of the most powerful tools we have. We do a lot of talking, but we've got to transition that talk into a walk that's going to benefit us. I want to navigate this system that we live in. But in order to navigate it, we have to understand it. So join me for my new show. You're going to get a chance to learn a little bit more about me, what I'm passionate about, what I believe in. I want to help you expand your perspective on things. I want to elevate your thinking. So join me, Outside the Matrix,
4: Reasoned Resistance. Outside the Matrix.
5: Blanche. Blanche premieres on TruthWorks Network, December 30th. Join Blanche with an exclamation point.
6: Can you say why America is the greatest country in the world?
5: Diversity and opportunity.
6: Lewis? Uh, Freedom and freedom. So let's keep it that way.
0: (laughs) Well, why is America the greatest country in the world? Professor, that's my answer.
2: Thank you.
0: You're saying... Yes.
6: I'll ask ask
3: you. Check out, check out. But check out, shut up. Because if those are your two choices, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, and this bigot, this racist, then I don't see that there's a big issue there. I don't see that there's anything, any other choice. You either stay home and stay disengaged, but then I don't see how you would have a voice. I don't see how you would be able to complain. I just read off 13 things that this president has given or has added
2: and has done
3: for the black community. I don't know if I'll be able to help. (laughs) For those who say he hasn't, you know, you need to be aware of these things. 914-338-1610. Let me go to 972.
1: Alpha Show, Fridays, 10 p.m. TruthWorks Network, advanced, urban,
5: progressive, political talk. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. The Alpha Show, only on TruthWorks Network.
6: There's nothing to say, nothing to do, I'm nothing to give, I must live without you.
0: Well, oh. to the right, and, um... The, the right-wing extremists have now become mainstream and in many ways provides a litmus test for what some think are cultural and moral integrity in the country at this time. Uh, the whole country has drifted to the right. Uh, if you don't believe it, um, anybody who actually thinks or calls uh, uh, President Barack Obama uh, a liberal, it is insane. Barack Obama is a moderate, uh, a center-right, a uh, right-wing Democrat uh, when you look at it as a The most powerful force on the earth. A soul of fire. The
6: soul
0: of fire, 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 Spirit matter. Spirit matter. This is Soul of Fire.
5: Truth Works Network, Wednesday, 10 p.m. Hi, this is Janice Graham, thanking you for being with us here tonight at Our Common Ground, asking you to support the Black Report Agenda. Get a subscription, stop by, blackagendareport.com. Our friends Glenn Ford and Bruce Dixon are listening for you. Support the news that you can use. The Black Agenda Report. Join us here at Our Common Ground. In our effort to keep them, to support what they do, support all independent media. I'm Janice Graham,
4: speaking truth to power
5: and
1: ourselves.
3: For the truth. I know the truth.
2: I know enough. In any minute, any second now,
0: so will the rest of planet Earth. So what I'm asking you is, what is your end game? This is our common
5: ground. Broadcasting bold, brave, and black. <laughs> Thank you for being with us here tonight. Our guest, Afia Gonwa Wangaza. I just want to do that in sometimes Afia, I really do.
1: <laughs>
5: Listen, before we uh went to break before we continue our discussion, um I, I do have a shout out tonight for my niece Tanya and her husband Dwayne Reed who are celebrating their 15th year of uh, marriage,
1: Mm -hmm. and
5: um, I want them to know that we know that marriage is very, very hard sometimes, Mm -hmm. and it is very good sometimes. And when young people can endure, Mm -hmm. uh, committed to both family and their marriage, and their children uh, and make it work, it makes, it it lends and contributes to everyone in the family, and I want them to know, and I know that Dwayne is listening tonight, Tanya probably fell asleep, but uh, I want you, you both to know that your love for each other and for your children, your wonderful children, Lynn, love in our family, and I want to wish you the best uh, for your future as a family. And we also want to shout out to M2, Mason Turner. My uh, grandson turns two years old on Wednesday, and because of the big snowstorm coming through Boston right now, you probably heard my house rumbling uh, we had to have the birthday party this morning,
1: <laughs> so
5: uh, Mother Nature makes you reorganize. So we want to say happy birthday and hope that his big sister who is listening will uh, extend. He was very, very happy. He he um, knows how to hold up two fingers and say two, and I got it. And so happy birthday to Mason, those of you who celebrated with me the the birth of uh, my third grandchild mm-hmm. and have been celebrating my grandchildren uh, through this broadcast for, for many years. Um, that first one is headed to, in 2014, early 2014, to her 21st year and she is spending her winter vacation uh, completing medical school uh, admissions forms or applications. So uh, we wish her well and thank her for being with us. Afia, we thank you also for being with us. Our number is 347-838-9852. If you'd like to get in on this conversation with one of the most prominent, successful, experienced activists uh, that our country has produced. Um, Afia, tell us uh, about, I want to talk about two things, uh, your, your insight about um, what is happening in Detroit and what it means for other cities, urban centers like Detroit. I mean, we have to realize that Detroit is chocolate city,
4: Right. And
5: they're, they're moving. They're moving Africans out of there as fast as they can. hmm
4: Well, okay. And what was the sec- what What's your second?
5: And and this and the second question is essentially, how did this happen? How do we allow this to happen? I mean, a, a lot of people want to blame this on Kwame Kilpatrick. hmm and I think Tommy Pilpatrick was the setup,
1: uh, mm-hmm. the beginning
5: of the setup for for this to happen. And that doesn't mean he's not a criminal. Uh, it simply means he was he was the the biggest pawn
4: in
1: mm-hmm.
5: this con. Game.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: He um, well, I, I, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is. Um, it's uh, the result of what I said earlier about our hedging. Um, you know, we've got one foot in revolution and the other foot in uh, in the status quo. And so we were uh, brought off in increasing numbers. The, the um, Du Bois' talented tenth, um, those of us who were in the best position to... Access and take advantage of uh, emerging, uh, what we were led to believe, were uh, emerging benefits and opportunities uh, in the society. You know, we stopped teaching school and started doing whatever else we started doing. Um, so, what happened to the to the kids in our community and, and the literacy levels and the ability? To be able to function despite other dysfunctional areas in the community, so I, I think that's um, we we have to assume responsibility for a part of of the, of the Detroits of the world. Because the truth of the matter is, is what's going on in Detroit is going on to ver- in varying degrees across the country, with um, neo uh colonialism you know you get white power surging in black faith in the same way that we see that very same phenomenon as symbolized or embodied by um Barack Obama so we have the combination of the outside uh assault the uh, stripping of voting rights um the Denial of contract rights. I mean, it just emerges back to um, there are no rights that black people have the white right people are bound to respect. And it's never changed. And that's one of the things uh, that uh, is always clear in my mind and and makes me wonder, What is up with us? Why do we believe the mythology that's woven around the commercial document called the U.S. Constitution and operate as if it is real? There has consistently been an agenda to deprive us of participation in the society we built, and we keep – Pretending that we're we're getting in, we've gotten in, we'll be in, and every time the the uh, clock makes its uh, full cycle, when we get from uh, we're excluded, we're we're out of it. Um, and and Detroit it isn't the beginning. So you got to go back, I think, to at least Benton Harbor, where the people in Benton Harbor. Were stripped of their voting rights, and the, the uh, governor sent in somebody else to, to the Kevin Orr in that situation to uh, sell off and dispose of the assets and leave the uh, black community uh, uh, standing at bay with no uh, resources with which to recover. So. As we stand by and, and watch it happen to Detroit, of course it's going to be happening to Newark. It's going to be happening to and, and is happening to Atlanta. Is happening to DC, and all of those cities have black mayors who are touting the the party line that we've got to cut benefits and we've got it instead of standing up for the people. which was the reason that they got elected in the first place was the, the hope, if not the belief, that they were in fact going to represent the interests of the people. Another part of the problem is the absence of independent media. There's no investigative reporting that's going on. There's no public education that's going on as represented by reporting the news, never mind investigative reporting. uh, that that we should let them put Kwame Kilpatrick in prison for twice the national average. The average amount of time for uh, a corruption conviction is 14 to 16 years. That boy is going to jail for nearly 30 years. In fact, it may wind up when they finish with all the, the, the trials and it may wind up being even more than that. Carmen Kilpatrick did not start that uh, city on the on the, the downslide. That city has been failing since the, since the rebellion of the 60s when the whiteys decided they were not going to rebuild the city. They were going to take the jobs and run, and they let – Detroit die. They decided they would let it die. They made that decision over 40 years ago. They implemented it, and now they are reaping the benefit of it. How dare that Negro, Kevin Orr, uh, make the statement that uh, you don't have to sell grandma's china in order to save the city, but he can raid the pension funds of, of workers? You see, people like that need to be dealt with in, in an upfront, in-your-face kind of way. How could he make such a statement as that? Now, I
5: well, think we have to again connect the dots. We have to see that as soon as, or ensure, mm-hmm. as soon as the, the the judge in this case is Stephen Rhodes, as soon as the Michigan State Constitution, which prohibited emergency financial management. management. And for those of you who are listening, you have to understand that bankruptcy for a city is very, very rare.
1: Mm -hmm. So the bottom
5: line here is that they moved the pawn. They put the pawn in place. They moved the pawn. They convicted the pawn, Mm -hmm. They waited to sentence him in the middle of the
1: restructuring
5: Mm -hmm.
2: to Mm -hmm. ensure
5: that uh, Barclays Bank and UBS, the prime beneficiaries of interest rates in this case, would get Mm -hmm. their money. And when that money was, when, when that judgment came down in favor of, the 350 million dollars in favor of Britain's Barclays Bank in order to pay off Bank of America and UBS for 2005 derivatives deal with the city. Then they sentenced mm-hmm. Patrick um, uh, um, Kwame mm-hmm. Kilpatrick. You know, and and the thing is that we got to stop. At some point, and think, is it every time something bad happens with a black person, we go with, with what truth is being told in the Detroit Free Press?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because
5: the Detroit, Detroit Free Press was talking about doing investi- was doing investigative journalism around Kwame Kilpatrick instead of doing
2: mm-hmm. it around
5: the bankruptcy.
2: Exactly.
5: So so what happened here, folks? And you can you can say you heard it from me. The city is guilty of excessive blackness, and must in a racist society must Mm -hmm. be punished.
4: That's right. That's right. Dismantled. Dismantled. I will not be surprised if they sell off all of the art. In the African American Museum and not touch a single solitary painting in the White Folks Museum.
5: Well, they've, al- they've already allowed the main branch of the city of Detroit library to be ravished by, by rain and snow and and, and, not being t- and, and and the books were just thrown away. And you know city's black history is in that main okay. library.
4: Yes, not only that. Okay. And that—that that is not just the city's black history. That is international black history. That is uh, black his, labor history, where exactly. blacks took the leadership on the advancement of workers' rights from, from which everybody
2: benefited.
5: That's right. And one of the things, you know, a historical note here is that the main migration from African-American and black people moving out of the South Mm
1: -hmm. into
5: industrialized cities was Detroit. Detroit had the largest middle-class black population in the country. And your tax dollars went into upholding the city of Detroit through federal loans to the major corporations in that community. I I, I think we ought to be outraged. I think we ought Mm -hmm. to be cautious about what we understand about what is being told about this story. And, what's going to end up, it is going to be it. It, it is a corporate gentrification right. of the black community of Detroit. We're going to go to our phones, 312. You're on the air with Asia Wangaza. 312, thank you for your call.
2: Hey, Janice, this is uh, House. Thanks for taking my call, and uh, hello to your guest also. Oh um, I
5: respect you, House. Thank you for joining. You all know, are
2: making some making some great points about uh, Detroit and just connecting the dots. Period. Um, I mean, you can connect the dots throughout your whole conversation tonight, um, and I'm still wondering why you know nobody's calling um, a fascist a fascist mm. um, because that, that's all this is. Um, it's all this ever been. All um, so it happened and um, with uh, uh, Mandela, South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's all fascism. It's all the corporation buying mm-hmm. uh, the governments and, and, and flexing their muscles uh, with the banks. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. It's eradicating labor history, mm-hmm. um, black history. It's taking all those financial gains that not just black folks, but um, lower class, middle class uh, people were able to gather, and they're taking it back mm-hmm. uh, by any means necessary, stripping it. Um, same thing's happening in Illinois. Mm-hmm. With the pension crisis here and the law, they just signed to um, basically reduce people's uh, p- uh, pension statewide um, mm-hmm. And uh, from, uh, from arrears and going forward, and there is a law in place, state law on the books, that says you cannot adjust uh, pension holders or people getting pensions um, on, on, on the fly. And they want to do it to people who are already getting their pensions, who are already retired. Mm-hmm. Well, it's happening in another arena,
5: too, and that is with federal employees.
2: Federal Absolutely federal employees and you saw they did it with uh the post office. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. The signed, so um yeah they they're taking it back. Um, they're taking it back and this administration all the way back to Clinton talking to Democrats specifically. House have you have got a crackling
5: going on. But one of the points, you know, I like that you you brought up the issue of taking it back. But but didn't they tell you they're gonna take it back?
2: Yeah, yeah. They they told us we were in, wasn't ever supposed to get it.
5: Didn't didn't those people yeah. show up in front of the White House in front in, in 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 front of the Congressional House of Horrors? Didn't they tell you we're going to take our country back?
2: <clears throat> yeah, well. And
5: what we did is people... we sat back as though we didn't understand that. It's the same way in which we can't seem to frame a vision of what
2: justice looks like. That's mm-hmm. true. And they've had a plan for so long, you know, going all the way back to, uh, you know, the, the Birch, uh, John Birch Society. Those are the same people who were funded, uh, the libertarians of the day, that called, took over the Republican Party via the Tea Party. And, um, yeah, and, and, and we plan. led them
5: to destroy the largest network of black activism that existed in this country when we allowed the Tea Party and whoever those people are, I can't re- remember all those people's names, destroy ACORN.
2: Right. That's, yeah. Yeah, and the same people that funded them uh, are in, in uh, Michigan. Uh, the Voss family, I think it's three or four uh, different billionaire families who uh, funded some a bunch of those same organizations, mm-hmm. um, not to mention, uh, and in South Africa, um, they did the same thing through their corporations. I, I heard somebody say that um, the Citizens United law that was passed here um, was already in South Africa, but, I mean, they are already, corporations already established as people, that had been established, mm-hmm. and I heard they had passed under Mandela.
5: Well, that was, be, that was even before Mandela was, was, was released, that part of the system of uh, apartheid had to mm-hmm. do with allowing the government to develop an economic infrastructure that was private.
2: Right. And I also heard that they had, uh, what, five different constitutions? Uh, since 1910 i believe the last thing yep. uh 1993 but, yeah, and but, everything i'm sorry
5: but what you what you see is that the south african parliament used constitutional discourse
1: mm-hmm.
5: to essentially do the same thing that the folks in in our congress in the house in any case as a filibuster yeah. to other public policy yeah. and yeah. and I want to go back to your point about um corporations being people in in the South African government. One of the things that happened to Nelson Mandela as he took on the presidency of the country is that he couldn 't dismantle the economy and bring about the kind of equality that was needed to bring black South Africans out of poverty simply because the economy was corporations.
2: Right. It couldn't couldn't do it on a democratic socialist. uh, Right. um, I mean,
4: you know, he, he and the ANC got elected on the Freedom Charter, which uh, promised to nationalize the resources, um, return the land to the people, or give them fair compensation, and to nationalize the resources in order to pay for it. And in one of the one of his books, um, he talks about and 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 one of the and also there's another book that's come out recently. He talks about the negotiations that went on. Um, Began while he was still in prison, where they moved him from Robben Island to uh, Pollsmoor, um, and they were having um, the negotiations of, of what, who was going to be what, where, um, when he got out, including the the um, giving up of the nuclear weapons which the Israelis had put in place for the apartheid government. And a part of that agreement, the agreements that were made during that time, was that he would not, um, or the ANC would not um, nationalize the resources of the country, which is a major betrayal of the, of the people. I mean, I've been to South Africa twice. Um, and it's just, you know, they talk about it has the highest crime rate in the in the world, and blah blah blah. But the fact of the matter is, is that very little has changed in South Africa, except for the face of the government. And what that means is, is that the white folks are still in charge of the money. White folks are still in charge of the military, right.
5: and um, they're taking, and they're taking their land back too. There's a big move in South right, Africa right now right. Um, right. that whites who believe that uh, some semblance of apartheid should be returned mm-hmm. are moving into communities and and essentially banning blacks from being anywhere near them.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You I know. saw a story on that a few months ago. Yeah, they were setting up their own uh, all-white enclaves again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they, they they maintain them anyway, even though they
4: it's very much like the United States, where you have one or two uh, blacks in a white enclave, and they co- co- consider that desegregated. But for the most part, the blacks still live in in shanty towns. Um, you know, the, the, all the talk about Winnie Mandela. People, all the negative talk about Winnie Mandela, and that god-awful Barack Obama had the audacity to pass by her and not acknowledge her, but had so much to say to uh, Gresham Michelle. You know, I mean, oof. But the, 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 um, one of the big battles that she raised was against the privatization of water. And the, the, her refusal to pay the the taxes on the water, to pay water bills, which, which uh, came out to some phenomenal amount of money. I don't, I, mean, I can't imagine how you wind up with a $40,000 water bill. But um, she refused to pay it and discouraged others from paying it That's uh, right. as a private test.
5: Yeah. So, hey, Hal, uh, thank you for your call. Um, we're going to have to prepare to get on out of here. But um, oh. I, I'm always comforted when um, when you get it. <laughs> <laughs> and let us know. Oh,
2: thanks, Janice. <laughs> okay.
5: House Music Lover from Chicago. Afia, um, I, I, very quickly, I do want to um, thank you so very much. And for those of you who are listening in our chat room, I have, posted uh, a couple of uh, websites there is lessons from Afia Wangaza at axio mm, axiomamnesia.com axiom um,
1: mm-hmm.
5: um and also wmxp955.webs.com where you can learn more about what she's doing at the Malcolm X Center for Determination and the Voice of the People Reclaiming the Drum. WMXP LP 95.5 FM is where you can hear her. You you're going to have to come back. We're going to have to make this 4 hours cuz I still have a list over here. <laughs> And, and, you know, there,
4: you had, um, I, I wanted to say something about Alpo's uh, um, thing about do, do our choices of voting. You know, we can decide not to vote. Boycotting an election is an honorable That's tradition right. around the That's world. Right.
5: That's right. Thank you so much for being with us, and we've got you on our list for early um uh, 2014 Wonderful you got to come regularly Thank you so very much
2: Thank you And thank you
5: guys for being with us At Our Common Ground Don't forget next Saturday night uh, The annual Kwanzaa Teach-In We've been doing it for 28 years And we hope that you will join us Don't forget about I Declare Saturday and Sunday brunch 11 a.m. Um, at Blog Talk Radio, and we hope that you will join her. This has been just a wonderful uh, opportunity to have this discussion, and thank you for being with us. Let us hear from you at OCGinfo at OurCommonGround.com, or visit our Facebook page. Join us on Twitter. All you have to do is Google Our Common Ground with Janice Graham. Good night, and I'm going to enjoy this snowstorm immensely. Thank you for being with us tonight at Our Common Ground. We hope that you'll join us each Saturday night, 10 p.m., speaking truth to power, and ourselves. To contact us, email us at ocginfo at ourcommonground.com and visit our website, ourcommonground.com. Join us on Facebook and Twitter at Janice OCG, and I'll be listening for you.
6: We are living in a nation based with the possibility of war on multiple mental and physical levels. We got black wars against the police. We still got crack wars in the streets. Unemployment at its peak. Overcrowded cells in present-day hell. Wars of Jews against Muslims over whether a created state is real. Wars over Western with Saddam. American politicians arguing over the difference between smart and dirty bombs instead of smart children in dirty schools. I feel like it's me against the world, and I'm starting to get ill without even thinking of Kim Jong, though North Korea does have the world turning up on its accents right now. With these signs of the time in mind, I wake up every day asking myself one question, and it takes me no less than 24 agonizing hours to answer. Am I gonna die today? I said, am I gonna die today? I don't even bother watching my back anymore because I might get killed from the side today. Or maybe they get me in nuclear with bombs dropping from the sky today. Or maybe some religious fanatic is gonna blow my behind up in a train station after deciding he wants to get closer to the paradise today. Hell, I gotta wonder if some insane and depressed pilot whose wife just cheated on him and ran away with the kids is gonna fly today. Right into the 13th floor of my building where I just called my wife to tell her I got a rise and pay. Or am I going to get hit on some DWB while driving on I-95 today? Or maybe some crooked cops going to decide that some no-good niggas' mom's got to cry today? All this while wondering if Bush is going to play chess of our lives today? Why today? Instead of thinking about all that today, I think I'm just going to lose myself in the movement. The moment I own it, because it might be time to go. It only takes one shot for cops to release my soul. Because our community stalk by filthy old souls. So I decided that I'm going to fight today. Because it's always just enough time left to be right today. See, I got kids looking up to me to take a stand against wars of Korea, Iraq, and Afghanistan today. So I got to fight for the world to be safe for And this is also personal because I don't want my child to see my face next to the definition of complacency. I'm going to fight this BS system with all of my might today. Because it's true that tomorrow will never die, but I might today. In a world where too many visionaries have become so hopeless that they're losing their sight today. And so many pedophiles and perverted priests out there that I gotta worry about whether my sons and daughters are gonna stay tight today. While Bush gives the rich tax cuts and the poor ax cuts on educational spending, my students are depending on me to do what's right today. Looking down at the end of the tunnel, I woke up seeing the light today. Cause guess this, nations may blow up entire other nations out of spite today. And though I got my cell phone on, I may not have enough time to call my moms and say goodbye today. Y'all may say I'm paranoid today, but inhaling historical truths has got me high today. So now I'm looking for heroines and heroes to help me solve my plight today. I'm even wondering if all the secondhand smoke finally gave me cancer today. So I called 911 for emergency assistance, but been lot and answer today. See, I just walked around thinking something's gonna get me, and I wonder why the hell you never ponder if you're coming with me. So you just got to forgive me because I'm just recounting some of the signs of the times that we live in. Because as ignorance is bliss, I know some of y'all forgot the hell we've done been in. Got me wondering if God's really gonna be forgiven for all of our sinning like killing each other in the name of religion i don't know about y'all but i'm gonna fight and never give in so if i die before i lay my head to sleep today i just pray to god my soul to keep
1: today (laughs)